everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Bunker Boys. As you can see, we are once again joined by our buddy Nick. Uh, but it, it's great to have the whole group back together. We have a lot to talk about this week. Uh, we're going to wrap up the Charles Schwab uh, Challenge and get you ready for the Memorial Tournament out in Dublin, Ohio uh, at Jack's Place. Uh, it's going to be a great weekend. Another elevated uh, or designated event. Uh, so a stacked field this week. So it's going to be hard to make our fantasy picks, our betting picks and all that. So uh, we have a lot to get into. Let's go ahead and dive right in. Uh, this past weekend, uh, we had the Charles Schwab Challenge, like we talked about. Uh, great tournament uh, throughout the whole weekend. Uh, it looked like Harry Hall was just dominating. He led by like four strokes on day one, three strokes on day two. Uh, he didn't look too terrible on Saturday. And then Sunday, the wheels just kind of fell apart. He shoots three over uh, and, you know, fell back, finishes tied for second or uh, tied for third, excuse me. Um, and. You know, Emilio, Emiliano Grillo, uh, who we've heard his name here and there throughout the year, uh, powers through, gets into a playoff uh, and wins his second career PGA Tour event in a playoff. Uh, so just a quick, you know, recap thought from you guys. Uh, Nick, you're, you're finally back. We'll let you go first. Just your overall thoughts on the tournament. This weekend. Yeah. Um, first of all, it's great to see somebody new at the top of the leaderboard. Um, like you said, only a second win. Uh, Adam Shank, I feel like getting into that playoff, um, I feel like this has been, I don't want to say a long time coming, but a decent time coming for him. Um, he's been fighting and battling here uh, really all this season and uh, late last season. Um, and then, of course, you know, Scheffler being up in third, I, I don't think that really surprises anybody. Um, you know, unfortunately for Harry Hall, he had the collapse. You know, I, I'm sure it, it would have been nice, you know, for me at least to to see him take it all, but it is what it is. I, I think it was a great tournament this weekend and um, definitely look forward to the next. Slade, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I was most surprised by Ricky Fowler this weekend. Also kind of Max Homa. Um, Ricky Fowler just has been sneakily surprising. I mean, I saw a stat that said like something. He had uh, 50 starts over the last three years with only like five or six top tens. And now through 15 starts this year, he already has 10 uh finishes of like 15th or higher so i mean that's that's pretty admirable pretty uh quick change for him compared to the previous couple of years and me and you have been real high on him um big fans but uh also homa i think that we're watching him be sneaky in getting fedex cup points <laughs> very easily i mean like he, he i didn't hear much from him all weekend and then you look and it's like oh wow he took like eight yeah, tied for eighth, I think. Um, so it's just crazy to see both of them do really great this weekend. Yeah, uh, back back to home and Fowler. Uh, with Fowler's uh, performance on Sunday to get him up there into the top ten, uh, he qualifies for the Open Championship now. So it's going to be awesome to see him there uh, in July. It, it, I'm really looking forward to see him, you know, competing there. Uh, so that's three out of the four majors that he'll qualify for this year. Uh, so I mean, like we, we said many times before, it's awesome to see him playing at such a high level again. Uh, Max Homa is starting to put it back together at the right time. Uh, everybody was very high on him for the U.S. Open back in the early spring when he was winning and playing really well, you know, during the California swing. And ever since then, he kind of not fell off, but he he definitely had his struggles throughout the season, some growing pains. Um, but now he he's starting to put his game back together and putting together some solid finishes. Uh, so I, he's still my favorite for the U.S. Open here in a couple weeks. Um, but yeah, so uh, Emiliano Grillo, uh, his last win was in 2015. So I mean, it's been a long time coming for him to get back to the winner's circle. Uh, and he did it in, in no slouch of a field. We made our picks last week. You know, Scheffler was there. 
Uh, Fowler, like we just talked about, Sam Burns, you know, who has played well most of the year this year already. Um, and he went out there, he faced a challenge, and he stares it down because it's his second victory in a playoff. And I thought one of the cooler moments, too, uh, and I don't know if you guys saw this, um, before he started the playoff, he was over there warming up, trying to stay loose. Uh, and he invited two kids over to hit a couple balls with them. And, and to be that calm in the face of knowing that you're most likely, you know, at that time it wasn't, you know, for certain locked in, but knowing that you might have to go over there and compete one-on-one in a playoff in a high-pressure situation to get another win, your first, like I said, since 2015, uh, is, is next level. Uh, I mean, amazing moment for those kids to be able to, you know, say they got to hit, you know, a ball on a, on a PGA Tour course. But uh, that was just a really cool moment to see overall. So I'm glad he got the win. He absolutely deserved it. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he can turn this into, like we said, he's put some some solid finishes up there so far this year. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he can roll this into more uh, and maybe even a couple more wins as we go throughout the rest of the year. Uh, let's talk about the PGA Tour champion or PGA Championship uh, hero uh, from last week, Michael Block. Uh, Public opinion has quickly soured on him after he went on uh, Paul Mannery's podcast uh, last week. They were talking, and he said, um, if I had Roy McIlroy's distance, I think I'd be one of the best players in the world. Um, He he feels like his game around the green and putting is is all world, is what he said. Um, So with the, the public interest kind of souring on him, I want to know what you guys think about his comments. And how your perception of him has changed, if at all. Um, so I'll let you go first. Yeah. So I mean, I guess I don't think that my perception of him has changed at all. I think that he went on this like uh, Bob Menery's been with like the Nelk boy. I mean, it's just YouTube type people and stuff like that. So I mm-hmm. think he kind of went on like a Rogan esque type podcast and was just trying to like chop it up like he's like this guy's guy you know whatever uh i think he kind of paraphrased what he had originally said during the press conference a couple weeks ago during his first start where he became everyone's favorite player basically Mm -hmm. um but i mean i i think that he just feels as if he's been chugging along trying his best to get into these different qualifiers gets in plays the round of his life and he made it known the entire time while it was happening like this isn't going to continue the next day like i got lucky today you know and then the next day it happened again and then again and again Mm -hmm. and then we saw what happened the following week he didn't play the same and he even commented on it and said look i mean this is this is what happens there's up and downs like you can't you can't keep that level of play at, uh, with the type of player he is all the time, you know, and he had said about how grateful he was for all the outpour and support and that he was happy he was going home to see his kids on Friday night. Um, I, I think that he's still the same guy. I think that it's just the type of podcast he went on that he decided to talk like that. You know, I don't think that he would have talked like that had he done two podcasts in one day and kind of said the same things. I still think he would have kind of changed and talked like he's like this, this dude, you know, or whatever uh, on the memory podcast. Uh, Nick, your thoughts? Yeah. Um. <clears throat> uh, my first thought is a little surprising. Uh. You know, like Slade said, we heard all weekend he was very humble. Um. I, I do kind of agree with Slade to a point. You know, sometimes, um, especially in a podcast setting like that, you know, maybe get a little extra hyped up, say some things that you don't necessarily thoroughly think out. Um. I I would like to say that I think he you know, is that humble person deep down. I, I think that what we've seen from that podcast, again, was just, you know, maybe some miswording or something. Um, 
if not <laughs> to be talking like that after you have you know one good tournament um especially yeah you know, when did he say this exactly was it after this weekend no it was it was before the the last okay season. okay between the two tournaments yeah okay all right yeah so i mean understand it a little bit better i guess but still uh when you spend all weekend being humble and then come out and say like that if anything you just got to be more aware of your pr but um i i still you know he still um you know is somewhat of an inspiration like to see somebody like that and you know go out there and have a good weekend um that's what what golf is all about it all really takes you know one person to have a bad weekend one person to have a good weekend to switch things up so um you know we probably won't see or hear from him for a decent good while if ever again um so you know it is what it is yeah um so as far as i i see it first of all about his performance this weekend the way i'm looking at it is this guy is He's a PGA professional, but he's not a PGA Tour player. He, he's not going out there multiple weekends a year playing the, these four-day-long tournaments, especially following up a major championship at a super grueling golf course uh, like we saw you know, last week at in Rochester. Um, I, I'm i going to be honest. I, I don't see anything wrong with what he said. I, I think he's 100% right. I mean, if, if you look back at the PGA Championship, it was the, his chipping and putting that kept him in, in contention, shooting those scores he did. You look at, at hole 18 on Sunday, he needs to make par uh, to be able to qualify for the following year's PGA Championship. He's in the gallery, and he hits a chip shot to six feet, and he sinks a great putt. I don't think he's wrong. I, I mean, if the way I look at it, if I can hit the ball as far as Rory straight, I think I, I'm not going to say I'd be one of the best in the world, but I think I could you know be a tour player, at least a Corn Ferry tour guy. Um, and I, I think that's how a lot of people look at it. I mean, yes, to an extent – Probably, you know, either he just spoke out of context or he was taken out of context, what he said. But at the end of the day, I don't think he's wrong. I, I mean, even at the Charles Schwab this weekend, you could see the fatigue setting in, but he was still chipping and putting very well. It was his driving going, you know, 30 yards out of bounds, having to hit his second shot off of a bridge. And the fact that he got that second shot, to like, I think five feet off the green and was able to save par somehow. Um, I, I mean, I... I get why people, you know, saw him as this, you know, every every guy character, and you know, it's great that he played so well, and, and they kind of hung their hat on him. Um, but I mean, for as well as he played in a major championship setting, for you know, a guy that's not supposed to be in that situation, that was a big thing we talked about last week. I'm gonna let him talk his shit. Like, go ahead. And again, yeah. I I think he's 100. I don't I don't think he's wrong. I, I think what he said was true. Out of what I've seen in the past two weeks, I think the way he's played. Chipping and putting, which is what he talked about, is, is my play around the green. Is, you know, is he considers it all world? Is that the case? I'm not sure. But, I mean, it was enough to keep him, you know, playing so well at the PGA. And it kind of kept it from really unraveling at the Charles Schwab. I understand plus 15 is is not good. But um, I, I I don't think he's wrong. It's a one situation. Right. You know, I mean, we'll never know if he, if, how he plays, if he would be able to hit it 30 yards longer on a drive. Mm-hmm. You right. know, because that's the difference between where he's driving it and where Roy's driving, which realistically only plays effect to the people that are playing the pro tees. Right. If he was at a club playing with the Joe Schmoes at the club, you know, playing the, let's say the blue tees, you know, whatever, whatever's there, the non-pro mm-hmm. tees, he's not going to have any problem because the distance at that point doesn't matter. It's not that right. big of a difference. The time that the distance comes into effect is when they go past the farthest tees that are set up at the course. 20 yards back and they say okay this is where the pros are in from right you know uh yeah, I think and like sure i'm just gonna say okay. sorry, Nick. 
I think next year him and Roy should team up at the Zurich Classic and just see what kind of score they could put up. Let's use Roy's drive and then we'll use blocks, you know, the rest of the way. I mean, that's the only way to settle it at this point. Just have block hitting a hybrid every tee just in case Roy is out of bounds. Yeah, right. That's smart. Yeah, and like I just I just wanted to add to it. Um, I I don't think that he's wrong either. The man clearly, like you talked about on the 18th hole, like he can chip, he can putt. Um. I think that, and Rom has mentioned this before, I think a lot of people focus too much on the distance. Um, you know, yeah, you're going to, after four rounds, you're going to get fatigued, especially if you're not used to playing like that. Um, but that's a point where you should be able, especially as someone who plays on the PGA Tour, you should be able to slow your speed down and at least get yourself in the fairway or close to it. Um, so I, I think that's kind of where my biggest thing is. Like, if you were hitting fairways, that extra 20, 30 yards wouldn't make as much of a difference. But again, like I'm, I'm not hating on him. I still, you know, I, I still would enjoy watching him play again. Like, you know, obviously shooting plus 15 isn't fun um, or fun to watch, but I, I would enjoy seeing him, you know, because that was it was exhilarating to watch him, you know, sitting there and competing for a major championship. I don't know. All I'm saying is you put enough beer in our hands, we'll go watch each other shoot 30 plus. And I, yeah, I that's, that's fair. That, that's but. fair. I'd be happy to shoot 30 plus. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead. Let's move on. It's time for our fantasy picks, as always. Uh, absolutely horrible week for all of us last year. The most any of us scored was 19. Slade and I tied. Uh, just all around bad week. I, all of us had at least two guys missed the cut. Nick, I think you had three. Guys well, four guys. if you take away my bench, my bench player three. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, so uh, just bad week all around for all of us. Uh, so we're going to go ahead. We're going to look at our picks for this week. Uh, first, we're going to update you on the standings. Uh, still, I'm in second place. At, oh, oh, wrong button. So still, I'm in second place. Slate is still in the lead. I put a little bit more distance on Nick this week. I'm now 17 up on him, uh, but still not a lot of breathing room, knowing how I, I, I fall apart at five. Um, but, uh, Slade with a, uh, 24, or, yeah, 24 point lead over me. Uh, it's, it's going to get a little tense here. We were just talking, there's 13 events left. Uh, so it's crunch time here. Uh, like we said earlier, big event here at the Memorial tournament at the Jack's place. Everybody loves coming to play here. And this year they made it an elevated event. So the field is even more stacked than usual. Uh, Slade, since you tied me for the win this past week, let's go ahead. Uh, we'll have you go first. Who are your picks for? The Memorial Tournament. So first off, I just want to say that this tournament should have been this past weekend. I mean, you can't have that. I agree. The tournament I agree. And then be yeah. the week after Memorial Day. Um, first off, I'm going with Cantley. Uh, looking at this tournament past six years, he's got four top tens. Uh, he's got two wins here. Yes. Um, a T4 and like two T8s or something like that. Uh, I also have Corey Connors. I think that he's going to have a strong showing. I think he's a middle-of-the-road guy that is able to stand out at these elevated events somehow. Um, Colin Morkauer, I have not picked – we were just talking about before the podcast. I've only picked this guy once this year. Uh, I'm pretty sure he didn't do good that week. But I'm trying to turn it around, and I'm trying to hope that Colin can turn his season around here. Um, next is Shane Lowry. George got the spelling wrong, but we'll, we forgive him. Um Shane Lowry. I don't think his. I don't think he has an E in his name. He does not. He's from whatever across the pond. But anyway, um, this dude. I feel like he's the UK version of John Daly. Uh, he's either going to play very good or he's going to be at the bar at his hotel very early on Friday, um, hoping that he's playing Saturday. <laughs> Sahith Degala. Uh, I've been really high on him ever since 
that Netflix series came out and you got to see how cool he is, how down to earth he is. And realistically, his parents are the best part of him and that he <laughs> has to tell his parents not to scream for him <laughs> at the biggest tournament. Um, and then lastly is Rory. Uh, Rory had a couple of down weeks there where he wasn't performing to the ability that, that we thought he could. And so I think that this is the week that he turns it around. Um, at least gets a top 10. I don't know that he can win it, but I, I think it's going to be between Scheffler and Cantley. Um, but I think that McRoy is able to have a good weekend. Yeah. Uh, all right. So for my picks, a lot of the same guys that uh, Slade just listed. Uh, so first up is Patrick Cantley. Uh, he's six out of six on make cuts here at the, the Memorial Tournament. Two wins, like Slade mentioned earlier. I think the biggest thing for him is I, I think he's how well he was playing earlier in the year. Uh, you know, around the Masters and the RBC tournament, uh, you know, falling short of those victories, but still playing super well. And now you switch caddies. Uh, and I think they're, they're finally starting to find their rhythm together. They played pretty well at the PGA Championship. Uh, I'm expecting to take that next step. I think he's competing for the win this weekend. Uh, Shawflay is my next pick. Uh, two top 20s since they re- renovated this place. Uh, he has seven top 20s since the Players' Championship this season. So he, he's been up there in the tournaments again. I think he finished fourth at the RBC, uh, so we had another really good weekend there, uh, and I'm expecting him to get, last year around the summertime, around this time is when we saw him, you know, pick up a few wins here and there, uh, especially once they head over to England, I'm looking at him for the Scottish Open to repeat as a champion there, uh, but I, I think he continues that that climb as we head into the summer here, so I'm going to take him this week as well. Corey Connors, like Slade said, playing so well right now, you know, he led the, the PGA Championship for two days, uh, he finished uh, tied for eighth at the Wells Fargo, ended up tied 12th at the PGA, really came unraveled on hole 16 on Saturday, just like we saw Hovland on Sunday. Uh, but I, I think he's, he's playing so well right now. I, I think he's going to have a great bounce back here. Next up is, is Lowry. Uh, top five at the PGA, two two top 15s here at the Memorial Tournament. I, I think this place fits his game really well. I'm expecting big things out of him. He's played really well at, at you know times this season. I'm expecting him to continue that. Uh, Thigala finished T5 here last year. Again, it's it's hard to not root for this guy. Uh, I'm a huge fan of his. Uh, his first win is coming, and it might even come this weekend. Uh, and then Siwoo Kim, uh, he has three top twenties in the last three years here. Uh, this place just seems to really fit his game. He's very comfortable here, uh, and so I'm going to take him this week as well. Uh, Nick, let's get your picks. Yeah, um, I'm not even going to bother trying to explain these because I can't pick for shit this year. Uh, but Patrick Cantley uh, was an obvious choice here. Um, Ricky Fowler, uh, just because I feel like I haven't really picked him much and I needed somebody different to pick. Uh, so I got some faith in Fowler this week. Siwoo Kim uh, and Sahithi Gala, same reasons that George mentioned. Um, John Rahm, I, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I've kind of just been using this pick uh, every chance I get because he's fallen on his face lately. Uh, so I'll either save the last, I think I have like two left uh, for the majors, or I'll just continue to pick him until I run out because he keeps letting me down. And Rory, kind of on the same thing. Uh, every time I pick him this year, he doesn't really do that well. Uh, but again, I have some picks left of him, so we'll see how they go, see if I need to save him. Uh, I want to save at least one for Rory. Rory, I know he plays well overseas. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But yeah. Uh, Nick, j- just so you know, you haven't won a tournament since the Valero Open. And that was a tie. You haven't had a solo win since the Players' Championship. Thank you. Thank you. I really needed the reminder. <laughs> I, I know you did. I just, I just want to make sure. Got you back this week just to let you know. I, like, my golf picks have gotten full dementia this year. I don't really know what's going on. All right. Uh, let's go ahead. Let's look at, at uh, our cash-out picks. It'll just be Slade and I this week. Uh, Nick, is 
he, he's tired of losing his money. So, uh, Slay, let's go ahead. And uh, you went one for two last week. I went two for two. Let's let's see if we can get a little bit of a streak here. Uh, Slay, you go first. Yeah, so I feel really good about both of these. I have Thigala over uh, Russell Henley, plus 112. I have Thigala. Well, I think we both have Thigala on our lineup. So I think that we both have a, a, a pretty good hope that he's able to perform this week. Um, at plus 112, I think that's that's a great uh, line there for Thigala to be able to win us some money. Uh, sticking with Thigala, I have him and Connors both parlayed together for a top 30 finish. That comes out to be uh, at plus 642, which is a, a really good uh, money back. I feel, I feel like those are hits. like terrible odds for Vegas to give. Like if there's, yeah, yeah, they were both like minus 100s, and it went to plus 600 <laughs> when you combine <laughs> them. So I don't, I don't know what that was, but I put five bucks on it. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, so for my picks, uh, again, just we're, we're so high on Cantley right now. Uh, so I have him over Hideki Matsuyama in the first round. My other concern here is I, Matsuyama just has not looked the same all year. I know he's struggling with back issues. Uh, so I'm expecting Cantley to easily take this. This is at minus 165. Um, and my other one is Ricky Fowler in, finished in the top 30. Again, we've been speaking so highly on him this year. He's been playing really well and seems to be playing better and better as the year is going on here. Uh, so I have him finishing in the top 30 at minus 140. I feel like those are two very good value picks if you just kind of want to double your money or, you know, you just need to see one go through the hoop like we do from time to time. I think these are two really good picks for you to use this week. Um, so that'll wrap up our preview for the Memorial Tournament. Super excited for that this weekend. It's always a great tournament, um, and, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. But like Slate said, I think they absolutely should move it up a weekend yeah. and have it on Memorial Day weekend. But come on now. Like, if you're going to call it the Memorial Tournament and maybe have it in, like, September, okay. But you're going to call it the Memorial Tournament and have it the week after Memorial Day. Get your shit together. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, this is, I mean, it, I know we keep calling it. It's Murfield Village, but it, it's literally Jack's place. You know, he designed this course. Um, and so, I. it's always a great weekend. The guys love playing here and, and trying to show out. Um, but it, it's going to be a lot of fun. So, make sure you guys tune in this weekend and check it out. Uh, moving over to growing our game, uh, before we get into our, our, our actual topic, we introduced it last week. Uh, it's the monthly golf challenge that we're all doing with our friend Sam. Um, we're taking, we're all going to go out and play at least one round in a month and then take our handicap score and then rank ourselves one through four. Um, but before we get to that, uh, last week, Slade and I talked about the Jack Wagon Cup coming up in now two weeks uh, or a week and a half. Um, and we've predicted what our scores are, are going to be. Uh, Nick, I'm going to get your thoughts on what you think you're going to shoot at Flatbush Golf Course June 10th. Uh, what's the par there? Not that, not that it matters. I think it's 72. 72. Yeah. 72. Uh, well, I got two weeks, so I'm hoping to get out at least two more times before then. I'm going to say I don't really know what the course looks like, so this is completely off the wall, but uh, I'm going to give it I'm going to I'm going to shoot a 106. What would you say as your uh, new score if I told you that it has the most water of all Pennsylvania courses? Uh, uh, one hundred and sixty-six. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I say I've never seen the course at all, so like I, it could for all I know. No, it's a nice course. Actually, I've done very well at avoiding. I shouldn't say it. I'll knock on some wood. I've done very well at avoiding water lately. Uh, Trees, well, uh, on the other hand, different story. But. So, so that actually brings us into our next topic, and we were just talking. I, I introduced it, but uh, our monthly golf challenge. So, Nick, you out of the three of us, you beat us. You shot an, uh, I believe it's an 80. 
Uh, Slate, you had an 86, and I shot a 91. Sam beat us all, shooting a 73 with it adjusted with handicap. Um, and so I just want to get your, your input on, first of all, how your round went, but also what you think. Just one thing that you want to improve on the most for, for this upcoming month to, to try and – so, Nick, I'll let you go first. Yeah, um, so I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, that was easily the best round I've played in my very short golf career so far. Um, for those of you that I haven't told yet, which is everybody pretty much but you two, uh, we accidentally played the front nine from the pro tees. I call them the pro tees. They were only like five yards back farther than the blue tees or whatever. Um it was very confusing, so that's why it happened. But we ended up playing the the back nine uh, from the blue tees. Um, quite honestly, like I, I just I was hitting the ball well. I, I there's no secret to what I was doing. Um, it just happened to work out that day. Um, as far as what I want to work on, I'm at the point in my game where I know how I'm supposed to swing, and I know when I don't swing that way. And for me, like, I know that it is 100% mental. I, there's setup thoughts, swing thoughts that I that I need to smack my mic, that I need to go through my head when I'm, you know, swinging at the ball. Um, so that's really, like, I, I'm probably going to try to get out to the range this week um, and spend a decent amount of time there just to work on, hey, jackass, like, set up like this, swing like this. And just kind of get into that to where hopefully, you know, maybe not by the time the uh, JWS Cup comes around, but hopefully at some point in this year, I don't have to be constantly telling myself before every swing, do this, do this, and do this. Uh, Slade, you you just played yesterday the same as I did. Uh, Tell us about your rounds and then uh, what you most want to focus on. Yeah, so it was my first round back in, I don't know, maybe like 10 or 11 months. (laughs) But um. I was very surprised that my score was relatively close to the last round that I played. Um, I think that putting is still my my biggest thing that I need to get better at. Um, my second thing, as usual, is my driver. Um, can hit it straight a couple times, and then I can also hit a very nice 50-foot um, hook with it. Um, usually ends up in someone's yard or trees. And so I need to do something with that. I think that when we play, um, going to try and hit the driving range. And depending on how things look, might just take the safe route of hitting the hybrid or the three iron on the majority of the holes that don't really require to hit a driver. I mean, obviously the par five is going to want to hit a driver, but a lot of par fours, it's not really necessary to hit the driver when you can just hit like a three iron and then uh, a little bit of a higher iron than maybe what maybe one of you guys will have to hit mm-hmm. if you hit a driver off, you know? Um, but yeah, putting definitely is what I got to focus on, which is, is really good in my situation based on my schedule before our next meeting here, because I'm not going to get out to the golf course at all. Um, so it'll be nice that at nighttime or in the morning before work, I can just get my like putting mat thing out and, and practice with that, you know? Um, what about you? Yeah, uh, so I, I played yesterday, like I just said, uh, same as you. Um, I actually thought I played, you know, pretty well at times. I, I was telling you guys, I only lost three balls in the entire day. I, I had the, my one ball from hole one up until hole 13, uh, and that's unheard of for me. Um, and the only reason I lost that is I, I was didn't realize where I, I set up and I aimed, and I was aimed dead left into the woods. 
and I, I hit the straightest three hybrid or three wood of my life. And literally the guy was standing next to me and just like we watched it soar and fly and we're like, ball's not coming down. And then I was like, oh, damn it. Um, so obviously I need to work on my, my aiming. Um, but uh, for the most part, it just kind of fell apart around my drive still going straight. Luckily, I got uh, I got lucky because you know, a lot of the fairways were connected to each other. So it was pretty open. So when I missed right, Hey, you know, although I'm not in the right fairway, I can still go get my ball. I can still play it. Um, my irons went pretty straight for the first time. And I feel like forever, I feel like I've been working on the slice and, and you know, maybe I figure something out. Probably next time I go out, it's, it's going to be back to shanking it. Right. But uh, I, I need to work on keeping my eyes down and not chunking my irons because that was another huge thing is, you know, I would hit it straight, but I'm only hitting it 40 yards because I'm just, you know, catching all ground. Um, but my biggest thing I need to work on is, and I practice this and I thought I was okay, but obviously I need to continually practice it, is my my work around the greens. You know, I, again, struggled to get out of bunkers a few times. Um, you know, just chipping in general, I wasn't doing that well. And then, you know, I, I, I look in here, I averaged 2.2 putts per hole, which is, you know, pretty good. But there's obviously times the one hole was literally the, the green was sloped like this. Like I, why they designed it. But of course I go off the back of it and I try to hit a bump and run and it just sprints down and I have to three put it back up. So, um, but my, yeah, my biggest thing that I'm going to focus on between now and when we play in, in a week and a half is, is my work around the greens, chipping and putting. So that, that's the one thing I'm focused on the most. Um, so, so real quick, I just took a look at the course that the three of us are going to be playing and, uh, question. So mm-hmm. if you could have it to where there's a lot of trees, but with the trees, the grass doesn't really grow up underneath that, you know, um, mm-hmm. would you prefer a course like that or the course that we'll be playing? There are not a lot of trees, but there is a lot of like that fescue where it's like six inch tall. Um, kind of like weedy grass, you know, on the uh, like out of bounds areas. Like, what yeah. what would you prefer to where you have to take a drop every time you hit it under a tree, or where you have to look very hard for your ball? If you're, I, I would honestly prefer trees because I mean, not it's not every time you have to take a drop. I mean, it depends where it lands. But I've also True. one thing I've I've somehow gotten not I don't want to say really good at, but I've, I've managed to to be able to work this into my game is hitting punch shots or even just stingers and keep it nice and low and not worry about getting up into the trees as often. Um, whereas the fescue is, first of all, if you can even find your ball, you know, then it's it's still difficult to try and punch out of that. Um, and I, I think it's easier to, you know, if you have to take a drop because you're, you know, you're sitting right behind a tree or something like that, um, based on our rules, obviously the PGA rules, you can't do that, but um, our rules we can. And so I, I would honestly try and work around a tree rather than, um, try and find my ball and then try to hit it on a fescue before I let Nick go real quick. I did have one shot. It was on hole 13. Actually, it was the shot before I lost my ball. I took my three, three hybrid. And so there was woods on the left side and then there was spotted trees down the right. And I was just trying to punch it out and I played my slice perfectly somehow. And I freaking shot it out and it hooked and went down the middle of the fairway. And then I proceeded to aim wrong and, sh- and smash it. But I mean, you guys would have thought it was a really cool shot. I absolutely was not intending to do that. I was trying to hit it straight <laughs> and I freaking sliced it. Um, but if you saw it, you would have been like, oh, wow, that's really cool. And like the guy I was playing with was like, oh, well, was, like you, you played that perfectly. I was like, not at all how I meant to play that. <laughs> I was also playing with a pastor and like two of his like congregates. 
and I, I, I didn't drop any f bombs or anything like that. But there was a few times that I had to catch myself because like I hit a bad shot and go, oh, God, and I'm just like, probably the one curse I like I should not be yelling yeah. out right now. But I was like, yeah. there's there's way worse in my vocabulary. So the fact and I, I I cleaned it up by the end, but the fact that I was like, that's the one curse I was yelling. I was like, I feel bad, but it also it could have been so much worse. It wasn't the baby at home that helped you clean up the vocabulary. It was golf with the pastor. Yeah. <laughs> but they, they still invited me to go to the church afterwards, so I, I guess I wasn't too bad. That's awesome. There you go. Yeah, they're probably like, well, this man needs it. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> but um, anyway, um, I, I think I got to agree with George here. I mean, throughout the little over a year that I've been playing golf, I have found myself playing from under trees way more often than I would prefer to. Um, so at, at least for the most part, you can find a ball, you know, play around the tree, play, you know, punch out from the tree, whatever it is. Um, like George said with the fescue, like if you even find the ball, you almost have to take a drop or you're going to sit there and hope that you make decent enough contact to get out of some tall grass, um, which we see even on, on the tour in six inch grass, these people struggle to make contact with the ball. I don't have a lot of faith in me making contact in anything higher than fairway, honestly. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'd rather play uh, from the trees. Yeah, I plan to switch out my nine iron for a weed whacker, but we'll <laughs> see what happens. There you go. Uh, moving on, uh, a fun little thing that we saw other people doing, so we're going to incorporate it into our shows as well. It's what's called a blind top five. So Nick is going to go first this week. He's going to give us a topic, and then he's going to give us five moments, five things, uh, you know, five clubs, something like that. Uh, and we're not going to know what's coming next. So he's going to give us one and we have to rank that item one through five. We can't change our top five, uh, but we're, we're going to rank our item one through five, not knowing what is coming next. Uh, so Nick, why don't you go ahead and introduce it and let's get started. Yeah. So uh, I decided to go with golf moments, uh, top golf moments this week. Um, I think all of these are within the decade. I didn't want to go too far i know there's some good moments um you know back and whatnot but i tried to keep it within this decade so at least if it was something that maybe wasn't you know huge that mm -hmm. hopefully y'all would be able to uh recognize it so up first uh i'm not i'm not gonna lie to you i might have to pull a fifth out i'm not sure if i actually have five here there's like a list that i'm in and i didn't count them before this i should have uh so up first i have rory arrives winning the 2011 u.s open I'm gonna go. I'm gonna put that three for me. Uh, I mean, it was it was obviously a huge moment for him, and you know, it, like you said, that's when he announced his presence and, and he went on. That was the the great part of his career where he was stacking up wins very early. Um, but I think there's better coming, so I'm gonna put that at three. I'm gonna go with four. All right, all right. This next one might be a little easy. Um, I hadn't actually seen this moment uh, until I found this list, uh, but I thought it was pretty cool. Um, but it might be a little too easy for y'all. Uh, so I have Adam Scott draining a long putt on 18 uh, to take a one-shot lead at the 23 Masters and was celebrated or and celebrated with a "Come on Aussie" scream. Let me put that at four. If, if I would have rather had this at three, but I, I'm just not an Adam Scott fan. And like I'm, I mean, winning the Masters obviously that's a huge moment for him uh, and, and something he'll cherish forever. Uh, but that's that's a four for me. I, I'm gonna go opposite. I'm gonna say three. Uh, I 
don't like. I like George. I'm not a fan of Adam Scott. So I don't like putting him over a Rory moment, but uh, I just think that it's kind of a middle of the road type moment. I want to. I don't hate Adam Scott. I'm just not a huge fan of him. Right. <laughs> All right. So up next, I have Kepka goes back to back at the U.S. Open. I'm gonna go two. Yeah, I'll, I'll go two as well. Just because, and it's it. It's obviously it's so hard to win a major championship, but the fact that he was able to do it and. and I would argue it's it's one of the more difficult ones, just because of the the courses they choose for the U.S. Open. Uh, you know, super thick, rough, deep bunkers and difficult greens. Uh, going back to back is a huge accomplishment. So I'm going to put him at two. I think had it happened, had had we gone over this, uh, I don't know, like a year or so ago, I, I might not have put it at two, or I might have put it at one, maybe not knowing what's coming. But mm-hmm. seeing how easy he made it, only playing two. Uh, PGA Tour events this year <laughs> and winning them both. Uh, yeah, I got to put it in two. That's fair. So, that, so before I move on to the last two, I, obviously, like Tiger Woods is at the end of his career, is Brooks Kepka the closest thing to a Tiger Woods of this decade? I think. And if and if not, decades, who would you give it to? I think right now, um, not knowing what the next couple of years show for Scotty Scheffler. I think that right or Rom. Now he's or Rom. Uh, I think right now he's the top dog of the last ten years uh, in terms of major tournament wins and stuff like that. Uh, I don't think that he's to the same level that Tiger was at Tiger's peak or oh, anything for like sure. that. Yeah. But yeah. I think that ten in the last ten years, I think he's the top guy. Yeah, uh, I would I would say him or Rory, just because Rory has a lot more wins off out of majors. You know, obviously Brooks is, is the current leading or active leading uh, golfer in majors uh, with with five, and I think Rory has four, and uh, Rory and Spieth both have four. Uh, but just because of the work Rory has done in other tournaments, you know, where it's, we, it's well documented, Kepka he's won a few, but he's doesn't care about them as much as he does the majors. Uh, I would put him and Rory neck and neck uh, with a slight advantage to Kepka, just because obviously majors, like we just said, are, are very hard. First one to win the win the Masters will we'll get my nod. Fair, fair. I, I seen a tweet about it, so I had to ask while we were on the topic of them. All right, so second to last one. This is a dead giveaway. But Tiger winning his fifth Masters. I'm putting that one. Just just because of he had to make a comeback to do it, and it was at the point in his career when everybody said he was dead. He would, excuse me, not dead, but his career was over. You know he wasn't going to win another major. He was he might not even compete in another major. Uh, he goes out there, comes from behind, uh, you know, on a Masters Sunday and wins it. Uh, that's my number one moment. Yeah, so I I'm going to agree with number one. Um, not going to put Tiger at number five for anything unless it was like um, a list crash. of his a list of his like reasons why he's not golfing right now. Um, <laughs> but I think that the single greatest golf video that exists right now, in my opinion is the video of him walking up to the green on 18 with the swarm of people around him. He's just like in this little bubble of security guards and there's just people in front of him behind him as he's walking to the green. I think that's the best video on, on the internet right now of Tiger Woods. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. I do agree with that. And then last but not least, a personal favorite of mine, a highlight of my short golf watching career Spieth coming back from, or not Spieth, uh, Justin Thomas coming back from, I believe it was seven strokes down in the, to win the PGA Championship. 
I, I only had four out of the list, so I had to pull I this one put, out of my ass. I should but... have put Adam Scott at five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. So, yeah, that's uh, JT. So he has five. to be five, but yeah. I would switch him and Adam Scott if I, yeah. if, in hindsight, you know. Obviously, you can't now, but. Yeah. I wasn't going to use this one because I was like, ah, they might be expecting me to say this one. But I, like I said, I only had four, so I had to pull this one out. And it was a good wrench to throw in. So. Yeah, so so if I, going back, if I had to correct my top five, it'd be Tiger, Kepka. I would put Scott at three, and then I'd put Roy at four, and then I, er, You're still keeping yeah, no, five. I think so, yeah. He came back from eight shots down. He did, but, it, I mean. I, me, over Rory just saying, I'm here. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. It's crazy it's, it's, though. It's it's crazy though that Spieth coming back from eight shots down or seven, whatever it was, uh, to win in a playoff on a crazy line that he took in that oh, playoff yeah. also yeah. is has to be five for both of us. After all that, that's the that's the craziest no, thing I it, think I take away. It, from I, I think I I think I would put that I think I'd put that at three. I put Roy at five and I put Adam Scott at four. I think it was more the way that he did it. Like, yeah. cause not only in the playoff, I think it was is 17 that has the Creek that runs through uh, at Southern Hill. 18. I'd say, I knew it was one of the last two holes where he hit, I think it was his first shot, at, like almost went out of bounds. And then his second shot was probably the greatest shot hit on, on that, in that, in that weekend, at least. Yeah. No, I mean, Just I, there, I, I think it also, it's, for me, it's because I like I had to watch the highlights. I didn't get to see it mm. happen live because I was on my honeymoon and, and like yeah, I was, true, true. we were texting and like I, I didn't get to watch it. So I think that's that <laughs> so that moments like that kind of knocked the five, list. So Hannah doesn't know that you missed a very memorable golf moment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So that, that will do good, it for that was a good top five. It was. Thank it was. You. So you drew up next week. So. <laughs> Uh, but that'll do it for our show this week. We thank you guys so much, as always, for checking us out. We really appreciate it, uh, and we look forward to seeing you guys next week. We will break down the Memorial Tournament that happens not on Memorial Day weekend, and we will get you ready for the RBC Canadian. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun as well. I mean, that's a huge tournament. It gets everybody ready for the U.S. Open just two weeks away from now. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun, and we look forward this is, to talking to you guys about it next week. This is like probably this, – this might be a little bit of a hot take, but if you ignore the fact of the Masters happening, I think that this next like two-month stretch of golf is some of the – is probably the most fun stretch of golf to watch. I th- there's a lot of good tournaments that happen in these if you next took, If you took out the John Deere Classic – and like I'm not, I'm not saying get rid of it, but if you like switch that like farther back and you move like the Open Championship up a week, and you just had the travelers to this, uh, the Rocket Mortgage, the Scottish Open, and then the Open Championship. I would 100% agree with you. But the John Deere, and it's just yeah, because it does... a, lot, a lot of top guys sit it out, and, and yeah. it's, it's almost like a filler tournament. And you're but like, they I, use an excavator with a golf club attachment on it to putt. Right. And they, they put a gator, uh, like a yeah, gator, yeah. Yeah, yeah. in the middle of a lake. So, I mean, it, they, they, they have fun with it. And I get, like, yeah, you, there's always going to be these. Like the Honda Lower Classic tournament. puts a Honda Pilot in the middle of the lake. Yeah, right. Yeah, and freaking Chris Kirkham was hit it. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. So, like I said, that'll do it for our show. Thank you guys so much, and we will see you next week. Mm-hmm.